I think I would like to hear this from, you know, one of the podcasts that I listen to and then start their intro with, and this is take 37. Because, man, I've been sitting here for maybe, I don't know, it seems like a while. It's not that long, but it seems like a lot longer trying to think of something to say that isn't, you know, boring or mundane or or uh, insincere, you know, like a bullshit, hi, all that kind of crap. Not into it. But also, I don't want to ramble for too long. All right. So that's the end of my rambling because it is, you know, quarter to 12 at night. Everyone's quiet. I've got a sleeping baby in the next room. I'm doing my best to keep my volume up but keep it down at the same time. I'm very, very uh, privileged and grateful to to say that my, my, my guest today is a good friend um, and was my first on the show, Anthony Sharp. Um, I'm just gonna, this is this is really for you, Anthony. For when you when you listen to it, Melbourne has been a hard city for me personally to crack. And Anthony, you are without a, uh, without a doubt um, one of the good ones. And you have been so generous with your time and insight into the industry. When when I was here, sort of you know not knowing anyone and finding it really hard to to um, to meet people and what have you. It's 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 a bizarre thing when you're into your mid to late thirties to, to move city and make friends of that age group. And anyone who's ever done that and it's in the same age will be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it is. Everyone's got kids and they've got friends from forever and we're all so busy. So thank you mate for, um, for just being so incredibly generous and kind and thank you for coming back onto the big wonder. Um, this is a really, really good show because it steps into, um, uh, an area that I've I've often m- increasingly had more questions about, and that is when I get to that time where I've got a polished script, and someone says, "Okay, we've read your treatment. Come in and give us the full the full show. Let's let's see. Let's hear your pitch." And I'm not talking about a bunch of kids around the corner who want to make their first film. I'm talking about going over to Hollywood, going to LA, getting in the room with with people with real money who can you know, basically change your life forever, what do you say? How do you do it? How do you prepare? If you've had those questions and you want to know the answers, listen to this podcast. Um, Anthony's back off a recent trip to LA um, and it was really, really fascinating. I highly recommend you give it a listen. He's got tons of other things going on, as per usual. My good friend, Anthony Sharp. Okay, so for the promotion, this is this is a straight up promotion. I'm not affiliated with these guys. They're certainly not sponsoring this podcast, but I cannot speak highly enough of them. Um, and you've heard me talk about them on the podcast before, and that is Yanni and Rad Burmeister. Um, hope I'm saying that right, boys. They run a gym in Sydney called Unity Gym, but they also have, in my opinion, and I have done them all, the best online training program on the market and i have done coach summers program gymnastic bodies i have done the official um thenx program i have done a bunch vince del monte i remember that name some of you unity gyms ums program um it is the best and right now they have a, a, a month trial for free 
and they have an incredible online um, Facebook group where once you get into the UMS, um, you can, you know, ask them any questions you like and post videos and all that kind of stuff. They are so diligent with their response time, so knowledgeable. And, and, and I think what is probably the best about the way that they do things better than the structure of their program and their videos, which by the way, is the best I've come across. Sometimes these training videos, man, do they, they miss the connective tissue, you know, and you find yourself going, but yeah, but it doesn't all make sense or it's very hard to follow when you're actually training. Their videos are brilliant. The way that they come across, their real skill set is being able to impart that knowledge to you, make it absorbable. Um, so this is just a big shout out to them. They have totally changed the way that I train and, and fitness and training is a huge part of my life. And for a lot of you out there right now who are um, depleting every Amazon supplier and Target and Kmart and Rebel Sport of all of their gym equipment, you too are looking for a, a, an online program um, to, to put all that equipment to good use. I cannot recommend this enough. And it's not just about, you know, a bit of cardio and doing some sit-ups. It is about full mobility and strength and understanding what your joints are doing, what all those different muscles are doing that we that we neglect through um, just recruiting the biggest muscle groups in our lifting techniques and what have you, taking it right back to basics uh, and getting you that full range of motion and strength uh, with a gymnastics approach and some free weights in there. Um, I think that's really the key is is teaching, especially for, for me, older people or people who aren't athletes, gymnastics, um, Unity Gym, head on over there, www.unitygym.com. Hi. You were the first. I was now the first. Back. I was the first. Yeah. I'm back. That's fucking... Uh, I've got nothing to say. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to check out the new spot. <laughs> 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 yeah, because, fuck, it's funny. I was talking about the first one, I think, on the last podcast about how... Yeah, I was. No, um, I, the reason I think it was the last one because I just edited it. It's what's coming out today. But with Sam Peterson. Do you know Sam Peterson? No, I don't. As was a stand-up comic and now a writer, sketch artist, the whole show. He's just done a um, mockumentary about – remember that? Did you hear about that Fire Island thing? Oh, yes. And I was speaking to someone else that was – which I can't remember who at the moment that was just been involved in this comedy. He uh, wrote and directed it. Sam oh. Peterson, yeah. I Do think it's funny co- how that happens yeah. universally. I, yeah. I just mentioned the other day and then now twice. I think, oh. Right, okay, so you just. So, yeah, sorry, Sam, I don't remember the name of, I think it's called Cobert the Town. Yeah, right. But, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but anyways, he's taken that premise and applied it to like a small town like Frankston type vibe <laughs> that's going to get a highway come through it. And right. they're like, okay, well, fuck, we have to stop this. So the mayor goes, let's have a concert. So they do like a spitball pretend poster with like Gaga and Elton John and fucking you know Led Zeppelin on it mm. or something like that. But someone sends it out and they sell all the tickets, <laughs> but they've got no one to no one to fucking. They've got a concert. They've got nothing, 
and they, they can't get the money, the money where it doesn't clear or something That's in, in order funny. For, in time. But all of the actors basically improved all of the dialogue. Wow. So they were all his comedy buddies yep. and he just gave them, you know, the shell of each scene and um, took him eight months, I think, um, you know, working weekends and what have you. And is that okay? Uh, we're just, you know, punching out the uh, storyline there. We're not ruining yeah, it's anything. All on it's all the, the last, setup. It's all on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, um, you know. I'm sure well, we don't know if he, he succeeds or not. They die at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, <clears throat> um, how did we start that conversation? Uh, <laughs> it's a morning one um, at the moment. Fucking so it's, hell, I don't know. Uh, anyways, we were just talking about how the you're back and got nothing to say. Got back and I got nothing to say. But you said then you hijacked me and yeah. Went why, off. why did I take you down that thread? Come on, mate. You have to. You've got ten seconds to to remember it. God. But it is amazing. That's the, the some of the stuff that's coming out conceptually. Did you watch Fire Island? In, in yeah, I just watched it um, <gasps> in anticipation of, of of him coming over. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Like it was just, I was just in amazement watching that. Just how that was going down, and just the incredible power of you know social media. And I I, I listen to your podcast, so I hear you bagging out social media all the time. Yeah, totally, um, totally. <clears throat> but I think I think you and I are. Oh, now, okay, so that's why I, I started the conversation because I was talking about how far this, this has come from our first podcast. That's right. And I was telling him about it, how the camera died 29 minutes and, 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 and 45 yes, seconds yes, yes. in or whatever. So my first video you get in and then there's just a picture that I took many years ago saying, sorry about this, guys. Tech issues. Two, yeah. two ducks on a pond yeah, and then exactly, technical right. issues come back. Um yeah, no, the Fire Island thing was the fucking bananas. Um, but yeah, I do do like to give give the old uh, social media a spray. I think I was telling you at the <laughs> um, at the barbie on the weekend about just just the, I was thinking about it this morning actually about you know there being this culture where even if someone is hard done by, like in the industry, it seems that they, they won't speak out, and and so there was the the whole. Me Too movement is a byproduct of people finally speaking yep, out yep. about everything that was hushed. And so we live in this interesting like society or realm or culture at the moment where there's certain things that you just cannot do anymore, that it will mm. not be tolerated and you will be um, totally uh, the poster child of or, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? You'll be exposed instantly mm, yet mm. there is still a, a, an incredible amount of stuff that is not and is frowned upon if you do like for example no one wants to expose people who have fucked up the making of short films like in our in our realm oh right. yeah i worked with this guy i won't say his name but you know he really did derail post-production or what have you or there was this sound guy that totally fucked the sound do you know what i mean like there seems and yep. it, everyone's protecting and or agents that are sabotaging actors careers by just having 30 of them on on their books and, and i think not- it's such a small industry though you you know and being i think being seen as being negative in in the industry it's it's just a tough one because there's i guess there's going to be two sides to I always like to look and see what's on the other person's 
uh, you know, what's what their take on it was. So it, it is a hard one. It's a small one. and you, No, you know, it's a hard one. You, you, I think you, you need to accumulate a little bit of data before you start slamming people. Obviously, it shouldn't be your MO to be running around. This guy did this yeah. and this guy did that. But when something happens and that's bad and then someone else you speak to, that same thing happened to them with that yeah. same person. You know, it's like when I used to work in fashion, there was there was people exposing in, un, uh, inappropriate photographers. Right. 100% you should do that. Yep. You know, I won't say his name, but he's say his name. Yeah. There's lots of like 16, 17-year-old girls out there that- John Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That are going to go and do a photo shoot with yeah. this guy and it's going to be- it's not going to be great. I just, um, you know, look, I, I just, I just prefer to come around with a baseball bat, um, <laughs> yeah. off here, pay him a little visit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so what's happening, man? Just got back from LA. Just got back from LA, uh, and it was great trip. So a little bit of background with that. Uh, in the last, uh, what it be? It's probably coming up to about two years ago. Oh, was uh, it that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I started on. acting. No. no. Um, <laughs> well, wow, now I'm really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that I started getting into a little bit of producing and sort of working behind behind the scenes um, and it came about via, it's a, it, you know, the, the short version of the, the long story is that uh, I was here in Melbourne catching up with a, an old mate, Travis McMahon, who was played my co-star uh, on Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, uh, Bert. Uh, and he was in town cause he lives over in America now. And he said, oh, I want to catch up. And, and we organized the night and he said, oh shit, I forgot. I've, I'm going to see a film tonight. I said, oh, that's all right. We'll catch another night. Then he rang me back and said, oh, I've, I've got a spare ticket if you want to come along. So I said, all right, great. I'll come along. This is here in LA? This is here in, in <clears throat> Melbourne. Yeah. And it was a film called Sugar Mountain and um, it was an Australian director, Richard Gray, and it was just they were doing a premiere over here and he wasn't involved in it but just somehow knew someone or that was involved in it somewhere. I still don't know who that connection is. And uh, anyway, so I went along to this film and Jason Momoa was in it and, you know. Really? It, yeah, it was had some Kerry Elways. Um, uh, an Australian film? It's an American film, Australian oh. director. Right, right, and, right. Um, anyway, this guy gets up at the end of it and, you know, this big tall guy, charismatic and he's, you know, and he was in the film as well and this Aussie guy and he's chatting away and talking about how they produced it and all the stuff they went through and it was shot in Alaska and and I was like, wow. oh, my God. And I was listening to this guy talk going, God, just he's That's- over there making films in Alaska, <laughs> Jason Momoa and holy crap, you know. Yeah. And um, anyway, they were going uh, to have some drinks afterwards, which quite often, you know, does happen, you know, uh, yeah. after these sort of little soirees. And um, so we went along. That's where the magic happens is is in those chats and those catch-ups so over drinks. Uh, certainly is for me, yeah. was, you know. And, and anyway, I ended up chatting to this guy and um, Nick Farnell is his name. And um, he was chatting away for probably half an hour and then he's just gone, gee, he looked familiar. He said, did, did you do a, a, a Kino commercial about 15 years ago over in Adelaide? And I went, yeah. What's yeah. Kino? Kino is like, it's like a gambling oh. gambling." <laughs> what thing. are you doing in Adelaide? Did you book it, was it just here? A gig. It was just a gig I booked yeah, here right. and did in Adelaide. And I said, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and he goes, that was with me. Oh, I was like, holy crap, what? you know. And then it was this bizarre ad that, you, again, speaking about things you could can't do now, this mm-hmm. ad was – <laughs> sitting in, it's it's about gambling. These two guys at a pub, and he goes, and then he says to me, "See that guy over there?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "He's one." And I'm like, "You kidding?" Oh. He goes, 
I said, oh, I bet he's one too. I go, no, no. And um, and then he says to me, and he and I go, what about that one? And he goes, I think so. And he goes, what, you know, what about you? I go, yeah, I've thought about it. <laughs> like, you know, it's this whole, you know, yeah. it's gay, it's gay, it's gay. And then they're talking about gambling and you could not. That's, that's yeah. pretty good, actually. <laughs> but, but, but you could not make that. You don't reckon? Oh, no, I, I just, I just, in this day and age, you, you, there's no marketing campaign that's uh, the company that's going to sell that to a client to to do I guess that. So, um, but, but that but, wasn't in a derogatory way. No, but it was just, it's still, it, it, just, is, it just yeah. wouldn't happen. It would be too, you know, it's funny that some of the stuff that floats and doesn't today. And, um, but anyway, so uh, we did this and I've been trying to find that bloody commercial, like just looking back through, cause it's I want to be a trip. Try, oh, it'd be great. Yeah. He had a full head of red hair then and now he's, you know, he's gray and he's, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, he'd be like, oh, anyway. So we ended up reconnecting and then, and just not long after that, I uh, got invited to, or at, just before that, sorry, um, had been invited to go across to America to Las Vegas for a Miss Fisher's murder mystery convention. Which is a big is, fan I think convention. How I first, funnily enough, I don't know if I've ever told you this, first came across you after we'd connected on Facebook and you were talking about being at that event and like signing autographs and great day and all this kind of stuff. I was like, what a prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, and look, and you're pretty right. That's right, but, pretty, but pretty you, much on the money. As if you wouldn't. As if you wouldn't. If I was over there doing that, I'd be like, "This is the fucking best." Man, it was it was yeah. it was crazy. It was yeah. that was that's a, a that's another thing. That was a crazy experience. Um, and big shout out to all the the Miss Fisher fans um, and the Adventuresses Club. They are the the best. That's so great. Legion of fans of any show that's ever been. I really really mean that. They are such a great crew. Um, but so to backtrack, so I had this thing going over there and, and I'd never thought about the American market, never sort of always thought it was sort of out of my, just out of my reach or right. whatever. And anyway, he said, look, I've got a manager over there, um, a guy called Chris Sherman from who runs a company called Rooster Films in, in LA. And um, he said, well, I'll hook you up with a meeting over there if you go. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so I went over there and uh, went to the convention, which was amazing in Las Vegas. Um and then went down to LA afterwards and met with this manager and had a couple of other meetings and just really gelled with this particular manager. And, and he said, have you got a visa? And I said, no. And he said, no, that's all right. He said, but, you know, why don't you try working on that? And, and so he signed me up and, uh, and then literally started this, you know, I ended up getting my visa so I was able to work over there. And literally the day my visa, because uh, 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 I was leaving on the 2nd of Jan, like it was about a year later to go and work on a film. Um, and it was literally the day I had to get it, pay an extra 500 bucks to get my passport back from when you finally expedited, get like, expedited yeah. to, to, to get it back. Um, and that was a film called Robert the Bruce, which Nick um, got me involved with uh, producing that behind, shooting all the behind the scenes for it to help them do all their pitching materials and did their web and social and yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff for them and and um, was over on the ground there for a couple of months uh, in the snow. and um, Where were you, Montana? In Montana, in yeah. Livingston, Montana, and shooting this medieval, uh, you know, Which film. is on Netflix I think now? it's on Netflix now. Yeah, yeah I just, saw it there the other day. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's got everyone from Jared Harris. It's got the original um, Angus Angus McFadden from uh, the Braveheart. original Braveheart who played, played Robert Bruce. the Bruce. Yeah. Um, uh, God, I can't think of his name now, but it's Podrick off Game of Thrones. And the um, fella, is that the same fella from um, Black Sails? 
Oh, yes. Um, no, that's um, – I'm always bloody terrible with my names. Um, <laughs> it was also in Shameless. Shameless as well. God, mm. it's uh, – funny enough, when we went and saw it because I had the long hair back here and and uh, it's si- similar-ish sort of look with the long hair and long hair and big nose. Um, but anyway, and someone <laughs> – my wife <laughs> or someone overheard someone say, oh, my God, that's the – that's the guy for that film. God, he looks so, so much bigger and stronger on TV, <laughs> on the screen. I was like, son of a bitch. You Just a little, little munted miniature version. Um, uh, but, you know, look, that had, that had an amazing cast. Um, uh, Kevin McNally from um, Pirates of the Caribbean, just, just a yeah. crazy good cast. And so I was involved in in this, you know, in behind the scenes shooting this, and then ended up getting a little cameo role in that as well, and and that sort of got me involved in sort of doing the production stuff over there. And uh, since that time, I've got you know some friends, dear friends over there that I've known for quite a while, and uh, that we were sort of working together, directors and producers, and I keyed up Nick with another longtime friend over there who's really hit his straps recently. He's just done some massive stuff. He, he just finished show running an Amazon's $20 million Amazon series for um, <laughs> the all or nothing series uh, that they're doing. And then now he's just got a job working with the Peter Berg's company, Film 45. Um, and he's doing another one of those. And he's, he shot, um, he's one of the head leading shooters and sort of uh, on-set producers for a Kobe Bryant documentary that's... Um, that's going to come out, mm-hmm. um, and this was all shot and done. You know, obviously before um, wow. before this had happened, it was just literally. It's just about to come out, and I think they've held it off because um, mm-hmm. they want to be, yeah, yeah. um, be a bit respectful there. But that when this doco comes out, it's it's going to be amazing. Um, and um, so anyway, so I hooked them up, Nick and uh, this this other director friend, and then we literally through all the different connections. There's seven of us now that have sort of come together. We've got writers, producers, directors, and we've started this collective called Set Apart. Um, Set Apart Pictures. Set uh, Set Apart dot Pictures is their website. Um, we've got a really good bunch of the collective work we've done to date. You know, as as our own individuals and working mm-hmm. on projects is pretty impressive. Um, and then we've we basically got a bunch of our own projects which we've concepted scripted and then we've sort of working almost like an incubator for some other projects that have come in mm-hmm. um, we've got about sort of 10 or 15 projects on our slate and we've just this last meeting getting back to what you were just asking um when you're out there last this, was, was, yeah. was basically going out and having a bunch of meetings with different agencies and um different networks and um pitching them on some of these pitching them you know which is a really interesting experience yeah. being in the room in who's doing the pitching all of like there was four of us on wow. the ground there. Um, so four of us went in the room and um, what was that like? Was it? I mean, were they was inviting bit, or was it, was it pretty cutthroat? Um, because of the contacts that that the groups got, they were all. Most of them were pretty, you know, pretty warm. Okay, great contacts. So you're not, you know, which is great. You're not sort of some of these companies getting in. You're not. Um, knocking on the front door and asking to speak to the reception, the assistant yeah, yeah, to the receptionist, yeah. unannounced, you know, yeah. and <clears throat> and you're just having no respect. So we were in there meeting, you know, with you know vice presidents of companies and mm-hmm. you know really high level people that actually can make make decisions. effective decisions. I have a um, quick question about that because I've always wondered about this as I fantasize about making my own film. Are you guys how are you dressed in that meeting when you go in to meet one of these guys because they're all going to be in suits, right? 
Yeah, they're generally in suits. Um, it's funny with that too. Like uh, um, we did actually speak about that because you don't – we're not suit type people. Right, but you don't want to be disrespectful either. You don't want to be disrespectful. So we still went in with shirt, you know, had a shirt on. But, mm-hmm. you know, you still – if you're a bit funky or whatever you want to do – Let your brand do that, but you're not turning out. up in a t- – you're not turning <laughs> up like you're disrespectful. And it is one of those things because, I mean, hey, we need every little bit of – you know, coercion and that we can to do it. So you're trying to look, uh, you know, as hip and cool and and, and make an effort as you can, but that you haven't made an effort and yeah, that it's yeah, just yeah. effortlessly that, sweet that sort of, you know, yeah, that sort yeah. of person. Um, and Sorry to, to throw that question in as a curveball. No, it's just because I've turned up today with a skull T-shirt. You're thinking I don't make too much of no, an no, effort. No, 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 It's every other time you've turned yeah, that's up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just a slob. Um and um, uh, yeah, so that so that's uh, you know that certainly um, is is the case. I you know I believe. And then I my background is is uh, sort of advertising, design, um, and web. That's and social sort of stuff. So I've created a lot of the pitch decks and and all that sort of stuff, and and made a. Um, a bit of a visual, you know, digital versions mm-hmm. and stuff that we could display. And pretty much every room we went into, bar one or two, you know, had the big screens in in the room, and um, we were able to sort of throw the stuff up there. And then as the, as we're talking through the different projects, I'm bringing up the pitch documents, and you might, if you were the other team member, they're chatting through the different things, and I'm sort of like, oh, they're talking about that. I'll flick back and through. Yeah, line it up, line it up, so that they're getting visuals. And it was mm-hmm. actually really interesting to see because they're kind of like, you know, they'd be chatting to the person there, and it's up there, and they're like, yep, yep, yep okay and then and you could hear this they're receiving that and they're looking they're like right and they're really getting that That's double visuals great, and great. um you know and and look we really we got look they say the thing they, they say you don't have a bad meeting in la <clears throat> you don't know whether you've had a bad meeting you're oh, like right. that meeting was great yeah and then you never hear from them again mm-hmm. so obviously it wasn't good but you went out feeling awesome but look i think i think we we did we did pretty well um, with all the meetings, and again, it's hard to know. So now it's this sort of follow-up game. But we got really good feedback um, about the team, what we'd done, um, and about the material, the, the in terms of the actual projects. That, mm-hmm. that really sort of ex- excited about, you know, the concepts, and then loved the visuals. We got really good feedback on all the stuff that I'd done. They were actually saying, "Who's doing these?" Great. One of them said, "Who's doing this artwork?" And then you know. So, you know, that's that's me, everyone. That's me. <laughs> if you need any done. My yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my card. It's my yeah, card. Yeah. It's my card. Um, don't worry about making these films, but I can really design <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so that was good. So we 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 basically, um, you know, we, we we pitched pretty hard in there. And it, it's, you know, we, we always ran out of time pitching more and you had to sort of see, you know, some were a bit more, they'd be a bit more episodic based. So mm-hmm. we, we'd put those in somewhere. They call it non-scripted, which is your sort of documentary reality. Right. Right. type shows and then you're scripted which is your you know fictional or mm-hmm. you know based on true story narratives type stories yep. so we would see what they were after and then we would um we'd sort of sort of pitch accordingly or and and we'd have we started getting better in terms of jumping in on each other and you know keeping that sort of energy and that mm-hmm. freshness and not get rabbiting on too long and but there was odd times in there as well like uh, one time one of the guys threw one of the one of the other projects at me to pitch and I, and I, I remember starting to talk about it and, and it's this one's more of a short form episodic so it doesn't in terms of it doesn't actually have a beginning middle and end in terms of describing that so I'm in there and I'm sort of pitching and I, I was and I just it was fine but I just got about a minute in or two minutes in I'm just thinking what 
what are you fucking talking about? Oh, Just, no. you, you know, so you super quickly aware. wrap it up and then you sort of give someone else the eye and then they'll jump in and save you. Because it's just sometimes you have a bit of a brain fart. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, look, and geez, some of these places that we went to, this, God, the size of the rooms, you know, one had this, I would say different names of it, um, the places we went, but this was just off Rodeo Drive and they had this marble um, uh, conference room table. And I swear this thing was, it would have had to have been 10 metres long and Jesus. two or three metres wide. And I think ton. it was one piece of marble. I don't wow. know. It was, they would have had to build this room around this thing. It was just crazy. And it was so long and I had that this that funny thought in my head of if you were pitching like almost like a short video, um, a short film and you'd see these people pitching and then the two or one person or whatever's that's listening to them, depending how you're going as it cuts back and forward, they either move further, further away <laughs> as it, or they're coming closer depending how cold, you're pitching. Cold, cold, but, hot, 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 hot. But it is, but it is certainly a – I've done a lot of business. I've, you know, been in business for years so I'm I'm quite comfortable in, you know. In the room. In, in the room and mm. talking the talk in terms of that but in in terms of a lot of understanding what's needed in these sort of pitches and what's interested in that was very new to me so it was right. but it was super interesting and it was really yeah, exciting and, and uh, you know you've sort of it was you've sort of come out on a real high from it you know and obviously now Fuck um, yeah, just the opportunity to, 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 to have that conversation to get in and yeah you know, one one place we went in you know these two guys that obviously had a hard day and and they were exhausted and right. they came in and, and they were pretty like oh guys yeah and it was just like oh, here we go this is going to be mm. terrible and a couple of minutes in they were leaning forward you know i was looking at their body language and mm-hmm. and they were asking questions and i thought that's real interest because if it wasn't real interest, they would yeah, not have made an effort, these guys, at all because they Exacerbation would get worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. so, it, you know, you, you, you're watching those sort of things and I went, well, you know, hopefully this is something that, you know, will lead somewhere. But look, now it's this game uh, on the back of that, you know, you, and it is you go over, you pitch, it's exciting, you do that and then you, you leave and you come back and it kind mm-hmm. of almost feels a little bit flat because now it's just this period of well you follow up you do the things and if you don't and all these wheels turn so slowly i mean they've they're probably i mean we left that other day probably three other people came and pitched and then the month before that every time every day Mm. there was five people coming in pitching per day so there's so much stuff they've got to read your scripts which will still go out to a a, you know an underling in the in the business read for and then that person's got a that person will say um consider trash um, or, you know, um, develop or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And then, and that's kind of where you, where you'll end up, you know, d- depending where that is and all that takes time. And then if it's a consider, then it's got to go on someone else's pile. How big's that pile? And so it's really trying to cut through and, um, you know, so this, now we're in this game, you know, but like I said, we've, we've, these different things are trickling in, you know, slowly about a range of different projects and, and now we've just got to keep moving forward and, you know, keep doing what we do and hopefully something will stick and if it doesn't we've got to, you know, keep yeah, find another path, find another, another path with it. Yeah. And, and it, it, you know, it's it's a, it's a <clears throat> it's very different but, um, you know, in terms of then just acting but I like the – I like the business nature of it because, you know, I am a, a bit of a left brain, right brain in terms of the creative and the business. I, yeah. I flip Float fairly between comfortably between the two. And I like the idea of um, having a little bit more control over 
you know, my career, you know, as a, as a creative and, and I remember Sean Penn and he said it in terms of a man, but it, it I'm sure he didn't mean that because it, it, it's equal for both men and women. Mm. But he said, you know, acting's no job for a man because you, you, there's no power and you're at the beck and call of everyone else telling you, you know, when, when you're working and what you're doing mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of thing. So it's, a, it's, it is, it's creative, but it's very, it, it takes a lot of your power away because you kind of, you're on your knees all the time when, you know, we're trying to get a, trying to get a job, you know, mm-hmm. begging for a job. You, yeah, I'm sure for a Sean job. Penn isn't begging for any jobs anymore. Not for but, now, but, for, but, but in terms in of those, I mean, I guess, and we, we spoke about that before we went on air, that everyone's looking at everyone else's career and seeing where they are and what, you know, yeah. the grass is always greener. So everyone obviously wants more, but, you know, th- there's all these different stages you go through and, and there's, there is that thing that you, um, you know, you're always trying for something and you're always, that's at the beck and call of, you know, of, of someone else, mm-hmm. whether they want to make that, whether they want to do it, whether it's right yeah. for you. So, and I've heard you speak about on the podcast before about going out, creating your own work mm. as a producer, it gives you the, the opportunity. I mean, it comes with all the headaches and, you that's know, that's a trade off. Yeah. And, and it was funny that I think it was actually mate, Nick, the producer mate that I was telling you about, he's, I think it was Jack Thompson. He was doing a gig with him. And he said, this is how a career goes. It starts off and they go, who's Jack Thompson? And then as your career progresses, they go, get me, um, get me Jack Thompson. And then, and then you, you know, in, in, this is the casting directors or the producers. And then they, and then, and then you get, you get a bit further and they say, get me someone like Jack Thompson. <laughs> and, um, because you can't, they can't, you can know, we you, get uh, Jack Thompson. Can, you know, can we, can we get Jack Thompson? No, get me someone like Jack Thompson. Um, and then, and then it's, I can't, I can't remember the exact progression of it. It's quite, he was quite succinct and funny. And then mm-hmm. so it goes from that and then it gets me, get me something from then get me Jack Thompson again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, and then we get me someone like Jack Thompson, but you know, who's current. Sure. And then <laughs> finally it ends up who's Jack Thompson. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I, I, look, it's much better than that. The way he, he raised it. What you're saying, the arc of. The arc of, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, which I think is a great, you know, and there's always ego involved in a career. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. There's very few people that want to purely do it for the art and the art alone. There is a sense of ego as, uh, you know, as a creative that mm-hmm. you do want to be, to be noticed and you do want to, to push these things out and top of the call sheet, all that. It's just, mm. uh, you know, I, you know, and, and I mean, look, there, I'm not saying that there's not, I just reckon that 95% that there's a bit of ego. There's, there's a, there's you a know, I love, I mean, that's, I love being on stage in front yeah. of people. I hate standing in the room like another schmuck in, in a music situation. I like being the guy up there that everyone's watching going, he's cool. Yeah. And yeah, you feed uh, off that. It's fun. It's great. I love yeah. going to red carpet premieres and doing those things. It's yeah, fun and it's awesome. exciting. And Q and A on the stage. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Having a chat here that someone's interested in speaking to me about what I've done. It's mm. it's. I love it. Mm. You know. F- uh, yes, I and guess that means I've got an ego, but I'm. You know, I'm not a I'm healthy not a, ego. Not a tosser. You know, with, with exactly. It. But, but I, I, it's it's something that drives me and drives my career as well. So, um, anyway, so yeah, so that. Leading to that, um, we've got, we've gone over, we've done that, we're coming back now, and then and now it's just we're trying to move forward and and get this happening and trying to still look for acting gigs and what. Um, so what would you, like? How would you sum up the brand of the production company? Like the kinds of films that you guys would make? That's really um, that's really tough uh, because it, it's. It, <sighs> We're doing. We're doing. Half the team is really strong in non-scripted, and they've done a lot. And and they've done a lot in the uh, sort of police, uh, sort of crime, 
in the crime space. Like um, true crime like, and stuff? Yeah, um, US Marshals, okay. um, uh, all that sort of working with, you know, police groups and, and uh, being out there with them. US Marshals was probably one of the really big ones that a couple of the crew were on and then and also sports um, mm. in the sports space, non-scripted. And then others have just been in very independent film space um, in making, you know, your sort of – one to five million US films, and then and then a couple of the producers have just literally lived their lives with like Rob um, Rob Ernst, our um, line producer. He's working with Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh, at the moment on his latest film. Which is what can you say? Uh, I'm not sure what the name of the project is, um, but I mean, you know, I mean that. I mean, he's that's great, incredible, incredible, incredible yeah. and you know, it's just what his last film was with. I'm sure it's Soderbergh. What was it? The, the oh, something about a laundry. I forget, but it's Meryl Streep, Gary oh, Oldman. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it was it called the laundry? The the laundromat. The, the yeah, and maybe. she's yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, great as film. Great film. And yeah. he reckons he's amazing too. Rob said, like he, you know, Soderbergh. He's just like you know, often he'll grab the camera himself and just he's just a Throw real no fuss, no fuss. He said it's just his sets are amazing to be on, and clearly because you see the sort of stuff that he that he produces. But I mean, like that's the sort of that's what I'm excited about the level of the people that we're working with, you know, in terms of what they're doing, um, uh, you know, and then here's little old me sometimes thinking. Oh, so you what's know. your, what's your. Um, role or. Yeah, role, like your piece of the pie in this. How do you fit into um, the mix? Really at the, at the moment, I mean, we'll all, we all want to sort of basically, you know, create work and get out on, on set and do the act and actually do the work. But So a lot of actors involved in the. Um, oh Did no, I mean no, no. There's not. There's only two of us that okay, um, actor cool. produces. The rest, yeah, great. So there's less gigs. The, yeah, to exactly. You know, share out fighting for the same thing, especially if you all um, look the same. It's like so. Uh, you know, but, but everyone's a producer. Even the writer that we've got on board's fantastic writer. He's such a um, an amazing producer as well, and he's incredible. Um, and so, Eric, so Eric Belgau. I want to just uh, make sure that I follow every piece of this because this is really fascinating to me. So when you say that everyone's a producer, so you're all carrying, all doing a portion of the heavy lifting just to like who's correct. designating, okay, we need this. Like is there someone sort of at the top of the um, the pops who? I'm probably more the myself and one of the other um, producers, Alison, um, Alison Howard, Um we're probably the, the a little bit more of the organisers okay. of the group that we're saying do this, do this, do this. This is what needs to happen. Um, yep. I'm trying to drag everyone onto a platform called Trello, um, which is a, um, a, a God, project manager, um, project management software. Right, Because okay. um, we've got that stuff at the moment, things going back and forth in email, and I hate email because it gets lost in threads. Someone's hunt. where's the pitch document for that? Yeah, I, look, I sent it to, you know, oh, yeah, because I can't find it. It's just Much like, better if you all can log in oh, or something. Just, and I did set it up and I just had a laugh to everyone because I set it up a while ago and then no one was logging in. I'm like, guys, we need to – you know, you're asking me for stuff. It's there. It's on. You know, we need to. We need to embrace. I don't care what it is, even if it's you, you know, even end. if it's a folder, a paper folder, or whatever it is. We <laughs> need to embrace one thing, and yeah, it can't be a paper folder. You know, internationally, but um, uh, you know, so yeah. I'm trying to do that, and that's my background in terms of you know running a, a sort of big web agency and and having you know fifty hundred clients that you've got to manage, and mm-hmm. you, you need structure. Um, but my role is. Uh, certainly to design all the um, marketing, all the marketing, 
all the branding on the projects, put together those um, those elements, what, what's called a pitch deck, mm-hmm. um, you know, the website stuff and trying to really make these projects exciting, visually stimulating and, and, and funny, my background in web, you know, you just don't put slabs and slabs of text on a website right. because people don't care. No, they, they just they see won't that read block it. and go... And, and there's why, you know, so you really want to cut that back. And so what I've been trying to introduce in terms of the pitch deck is saying cut back on all this, you know, I know you need the synopsis and I know it needs to be, but we need to break this shit down just to, to so that it's got a flow. And, and like we had one of them was a, a, a TV show and we, we were talking about the, you obviously you've got to do, the, you know, the flow through of how an episode goes, the structure mm-hmm. of how that will work. And on this one particular one, um, it, and it was a reality show so I, I had this central image and then this starting point and I I worked around with little arrows each one and it's funny we got in the room and that was the one that they all really stood out and they went there oh this is great because and I know f- that people can follow a flow chart that's how your mm-hmm. brain works mm-hmm. it, rather than just having it line by line down mm-hmm. there it was this thing where they stepped around and the, the response that that particular one got and I knew it would because there's all this stuff that you do with web that you've got to people have short attention spans you've got to really cut back on this stuff it's about little blocks of text mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm a big one for um you know, a dot point, a few dot points with a checklist with a tick, tick, tick. There's a, the, creating a landing page on a on a website, and you've you would have seen one signing up to a course or whatever. Yeah, they, they're very psychologically designed. Yeah, totally. That's the right word to totally. to to flow and, and capture and, and testimonial yeah. different things that happen, an image, all this sort of stuff, so that you flow through that and you have that understanding. And it's like trying to bring that into this pitch deck world, which I don't think. I just don't think that these they're, – they're, they're creatives, a lot of the people are doing this in terms of creatives as story writers and, and they've got someone who's putting some pictures together and images and they don't understand that this isn't storytelling, this is marketing. Yeah. It's a t- different. Totally you're still telling a story but different the structure thing. is different. Yeah, yeah. you've got it and, you, and it's short form, you've got to get it. And so That's I actually, right. after doing – after doing all these meetings and stuff, I've actually got some other ideas about how I want to present and I would actually like to, if we got in the room again, I would change up and I wouldn't use the pitch documents at all in the room. I would do different, like not PowerPoint presentations, but kind of different presentations like that um, it, to actually have a better flow and really nut out how you're going to pitch and then really this is designed on that pitch and that pitch is the same every time and you're mm-hmm. stepping through so that it's a real visual and mm-hmm. sound, all sort of different experience that you can get in that room to, you know, to excite and emote that um, what you need from the, you know, from the person that's listening who may fund your project. Mm-hmm. So that's my sort of role is, is getting all of that. And I, and I love it and I just, I love, I love creating looks and feels and, you know, and, and, What's great with this a lot is that you can, because it's not going out to the public, you can kind of get your media from anywhere because yeah. it's never going to see the light of day. So yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. So you can, can find that image and that yeah. thing that you want. That's just perfect. Spot and you go, on. Yeah, I can use that. You're not having to go out and create stuff, which is costly and, and takes time. And, yeah, you yeah know. it takes a lot of time. That's Although true. when you can shoot, when you do have a project that you can shoot, purpose shoot for it, I mean, the difference, you know, the difference between, you know, all of your images being that, that perfect feel. For mm-hmm. a project, if it is custom shot as a photographer, you know then the difference. Have a strong it's, brand, oh, yeah, it makes yeah. But 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 hey, you, you can do a lot, and there's a, a bunch of great sites now, even free. There's one called Pexels.com that I use all the time. P e x e l s.com, 
and it just has the most amazing photography, free, even commercial use, which, you know, everyone's giving it away, which I'm sure you'd be rapt about um, <laughs> as a photographer. Um, but there is, you know, online sources now. It's, it is crazy. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Um, it's a shame. We're, we're our own worst enemies. We are giving yeah. everything away for free. Exactly, creative, yeah. just to, to maybe something happen. Yeah. Fuck. So that's. That's that's moral. That's that's what it is. That's probably taken me four minutes to cook two minute noodles there. But um, I'd say probably twenty. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's good. I, this is. See, I, this, hope, I mean, I hope it's interesting. It, it to sure people is, man. Because because it's you know, like like a, as you know, because you've you've worked with me on my own script and you've even acted in you know yep. the little a vignette, I guess you could call it, or a scene. Like as you're writing it, you start to like map out in your brain the next step and the next step and the next step. And the step that I've got to in my head is like, what do I do if I do get the chance to go in the room and and give this, you know, a big pitch and a big spray? Like, fuck, what's my presentation supposed to be? Or what do I need? You know, like are they – and then I'm trying to sell them on on the – like me being the actor in the guy in the thing. So do I need to come in kind of looking like the character too a little bit and they need to believe me as this military it's, guy but I need to be able to present at the same time? It's a real tough one um, and, and I've, I feel like, you know, I mean I haven't been in – like I said, I'm, I haven't been in the producing game long. I have been selling – to clients for years and years. Mm. So I've got a good understanding about sales and marketing. And, and, and it's funny. I went to a, I went to a, oh God, where was it? It was last year. Um, and it was the, um, the guys that did rostered on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and yep. it was, it wasn't the actual, the, the actors, but it was one of the guys that helped create it or sell it to um, Netflix. But, and he was talking about here in Australia and, and he was saying, you know, get your idea. And he said, what, you know, you really want to, you know, work on your idea and, you know, it's it's going to take you about, you know, three to five years. You've got to do this. You've got to shoot this. You've got to do this. And then, you know, and then, and then, you know, you'll get to the point when you'll be able to go to a meeting here in Australia. And, and I must admit, I was sitting in the back going, I, I'm not going to do it that way. And, mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, he said, because you're just not going to get in the room. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm in the room over now. in America now. Mm. We're not flushing out an idea for, for years and years. And, and in fact, some of these people, depending on who you're going to see, um, and I think this is, I'll try and give this because I feel that this is really interesting for people that are wanting to pitch. It depends who you're pitching to. Let's say you go into an agency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, over in America, you've got WME, Gersh, a couple of, you know, the big ones over there. Um, now, Gersh, for example, they've got writers on their books, right? And they're a they're talent agency. Talent agency, yeah. yeah. They've got writers, they've got actors, they've got producers, directors, they've got a whole bunch of stuff that they cover. Now, they're more, they, you can send, if, as much as any agency can double dip and get more money, they're mm-hmm. going to want to do it because that's good business. So if they can, if they can get a project, say they package a project, right? All in-house. You um, mean, is that what you mean by yeah, double dip? Yeah. yeah their if, producers, if their writers, their, their actors. writers and everything. Yeah. They get a cut of the writer, they get a cut of the producer, everything, back to right? them. Yeah. Now, you tell me that that company, right, if you've got a great treatment for a story, do you reckon they're going to be happy to get their writers on and script that story up? I would have thought so. <laughs> Damn straight they are. Yeah. It's so, all there. So yeah. it depends who who you're pitching for. And, and I think a lot of the time – 
you know, and when I was listening to this guy in Australia, I can't remember his name, and I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful in terms of what he was doing. He had very valid points. Oh, right, 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 yeah. But he, he was talking about one way of doing it and very and, – and I feel that he didn't have all the information – he just had his experience and said, this is the way that you do it. And it all sounds like a very Australian way of doing it too, you, which is slow. Slow, very slow. Very, I, I just don't want to yeah. do that for the potential of making a film that's not going to get out. And most people don't even show the films they make in Australia because it's it just <laughs> there's no, no money in it here for cinema release. Um, so, so in terms of having a project and, and who you're pitching it to, so, so some of the agencies were like, you know, just get us treatments, you know, give us, give us a deck, give us a treatment. And, and, you know, especially if it's episodic, we actually want to get our writers involved. We want to do this. We don't, you don't need you to spend the next six months trying to come up with three drafts of this script, get us a really good treatment. We'll pitch it. We'll package it. We'll do it. We'll, we'll mm. sign up. We'll get this artist, this artist, this artist. We'll send it to these, to these people. We'll get this thing made. Um, whereas other people, uh, you know, it depends if it's a smaller, organization and they're going to be going out pitching and they're basically going to find your finance and they need the finished product you know it's they and they you know anywhere you can attach someone a big name is is fantastic yeah then if that name is not too big and you've got them firmly attached and you can't get rid of them and then if they want to take a film that you thought was going to be five million and all of a sudden you've got interest at 50 million they want to be able to Punt that piss that person. guy off yeah. because he's the, he. The, you I would know. thought they'd always reserved that right. Well, they could, but you don't want to. But you don't want to have. And and in terms, even for you, if looking at your project, if you go in there and say, "I am integral to this project and I can't be offered," mm-hmm. you know, then they, you know, some of them might go, "Sorry, we're not." Well, okay, fair enough. We'll see you later, and they yeah. don't care because they've got. You know, that's the right. big ones have got, you know, a million there but I go. mean, but if that's not, that doesn't mean that that's the wrong way to go. You know, there's one of the re, um, projects that we're not exclusively representing, but we're, we've sort of, we've got a shopping agreement with it. So we're a non-exclusive shopping agreement. Now the director is firmly attached to this film. He's got a, um, he's done one other full feature film, which has done really well on the, on the film circuit. And he's got a massive name attached to this project, like a, a, a you know, Academy Award winning actor attached now he's there's no way anyone else is directing this but the the director that he's the the actor that he's got attached wouldn't do it if he wasn't directing it so it's kind of it's that's cool that's totally cool Mm -hmm. and it's and everyone's happy with that Mm -hmm. because this name that he brings is and then this name's going to bring a bunch of his friends which are Mm -hmm. you know a-list hollywood actors as well so that makes that very doable However, you know, we and we've got another project with a with a very well known Australian director on that, and um, he's sort of said because he's written this co written this script, and he said, um, you know, I'd love to direct this, but you know, if this thing goes up, I'd love to direct it if it's five ten million. If this thing goes up to twenty or thirty, he said to us, he said, I'm telling you now, they're not going to want me directing it, and he's mm-hmm. got a run of films to his name. He said they're right. going to want to attach someone much bigger. Mm-hmm. He said, but if I get the paycheck. Boom, boom, I'll move on to the next one. So right. so it's it's about that, you know, every project that we do, I want to try and get myself in front of the camera if, if I can. Yes. Absolutely, you know, the bigger role as I possibly can. And I said that to all the group. I said, everyone's got aspirations. You want to direct. You want to, to be writing bigger scripts. You know, I want to be acting. So any opportunity, if I can fit myself in, if I'm allowed to, and I said, I don't even care if there's someone that's better that would do a much better job than me as an actor. Just give if me a we shot. Can, if we can do it, 
and it'll get still get greenlit, I'm taking it because mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm going to help myself and everyone else in this group more than I'm going to help someone outside this group. Yeah. Um, which is, so, which and, is and I'm unashamedly, enough. even if I'm not as right for the role, I don't care. I don't care. But at the same time, I will step down in a second if it means getting that thing greenlit and then right. we can move forward and we can, you know, make this project happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I think getting back on, on to, to, to answering that question, if you've got a project and you want to pitch it, you need to be very nimble, you need to be flexible and there's a bunch of different ways. You can independently f- um, fund that through private investment. You can go down the funding road, which is which you need to – and that's what this guy was talking about. You really need to get – it's almost like an apprenticeship that you need to do. You need to be getting in with the right people and – getting in with those bodies and they, and they do have favorites. They do fund a lot of the same people and the same things each time, which can be very frustrating if you're on the outside of that. Australia is a very inward facing industry. Mm. Like it's, there's, there's a key group of people that get a lot of the Australian television performances and the producers that do that. It's, you know, because people, it's a smaller market. They've, they're, scared that they're going to get scared, a flop if they're not if if they're not sort of doing it in that way and I get that because it's it's business at the end it's it's a business trying to make money creatively so I don't I'm not saying anything against that but it is it certainly restricts what, what, what's what done, projects you know, can get made you know, I've, I've got a mate that's who's he's very much a rising star at the moment he's just got a lead role in a clickbait a series called clickbait which is a Netflix series mm. um and I feel like if that was Australian there's no way you know that they would have, you know, said yes to, to to him to him doing that on such a, a big scale show. They right. would have wanted someone that was more well known. Okay, you, do you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like America's a bit more. They'll get one or two to sell, and then they're really happy to get more unknowns in the in the picture once they've got a couple of those key mm-hmm. people. So it feels like there's a there's more competition. There's more. Um, people there, but it, it it feels a lot more receptive and a lot. It feels like America's scared of missing out, and and, and Australia's scared of um, of taking a chance. They're that, terrified of taking a chance, which you know, is crazy too, because the amount of shows getting made. Well, I think this is the great thing about the amount of shows getting made is you they can't all have the top tier, so it's forcing all of these shows yep. in order for them to get made to have actors they're having to to to, to cast a wide net i mean the, the the um the audition that i received recently i was a amazed to get it but two i was like this is like surely this could have been cast in house you know the, the caliber mm. of this role could have of oh, it just go but but the fact that they were looking worldwide for this guy, um, I thought was really, really interesting and a, and a sign of where it's at. Certainly, a sign of the times with with that, um, it, you know, and the fact now with the uh, self taping as well is that they can see so many more people, and and they literally need to, you know, just get it in. They all get sent to them, and they click, and they can watch five, ten seconds, and just kind of visually go yay or nay or the performance, whether they watch yeah. it more. So where you were getting in the room and, and every time someone comes in the room, it's probably 15 minutes, you know, even if mm. one that was absolutely cooking would be 10 minutes per person, you'd have to say. Mm. Now it can be five to 10 seconds to to see if you want to see more. Mm. All the work and effort is done by the actor so they can see a lot more. And I think, I think there's a bit of um, what casting directors always talk about now with um, production companies and networks and, and showrunners and what have you discovering – you know, in our case, the next John Hamm. 
yeah. or something like that. Like John Han had, had done, he'd been around for a bit, but no one yeah. knew who the fuck he was until yeah. Mad Men. Um, and so they will be forever known as as the writers and 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 what have you that launched this A lister now. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and the, all of the kids on Stranger Things and I mean they're just doing incredible, especially the um, incredible. the one with the eleven. Or the no, curly head fella. The curly head. I mean, he's just he was just in. Um, what was I just watching him in the Finch uh, on the plane coming back from LA? Oh, and he right. plays a Russian kid in that, and I've seen him in so many different things. He's got such a great look. Yeah. About him, you know. I mean, those kids are all. I mean, they're all incredible. Yeah. They could. They've made a lot of cash too. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're set. Um, um, you know, so it is crazy. But and and sorry, just to to backtrack, just to try and get that concise. If if you're pitching a project, be nimble. Be prepared to step off the project, if especially and if look if it's non-scripted as well, or and even with with scripted and stuff. Another thing that they talk about often is access. If it's a non-scripted show, you want to have access to something that the network can't have access to, or hasn't currently got access, right. and then that ties you to that project. Yeah, um, because of your contact and what you've established, you're getting them into it to see something and get access to to something that otherwise yeah. they wouldn't have access to. The subject will only speak to me, so I'm your guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and obviously other people can go in there. But it's a very important thing, and also making sure you got all that signed off. If it's a story, you know, life rights, different things that's happening, um, and and access to, you know, also means if you've got access to, you know, high profile people, like I said. So there's a couple of these different elements that you want to sort of have, you know, at the ready. And, mm-hmm. and if there anyone is anyone out there that's looking at pitching a show um, in in any way, shape, or form, you know, you know. Start, you know, obviously have a great log line, have a great synopsis. If you've got your script, fantastic. Um, have a, if it's episodic, have a, you know, the, the, the arc of it for, for this, for the series and, and then a smaller breakdown for, you know, if there is a series two or three or if it's a limited series, you know, then you just need the one arc. Get a great pitch deck, you know, try and be very visual with that pitch deck and, and keep that, you know, they, we put what's called lookbooks in them. So you mm-hmm. have, there might be one that we did that had a town, had the, um, the land outside landscape. Um, and we also did a lookbook for some of the adventures that they got up to, which it wasn't actually about, um, mm-hmm. like you know, backstory, type backstory stuff, stuff yeah. but it had, we had some of the things that you might see grabbed from different films and, you know, sort of cut together in this. So you got a bit of an idea of that and really have that, just that great material so that it visually excites people when they, when they read it. Um, I just had one come through the other day actually, and I'd never seen it come through with an audition before, which was the lookbook. Mm. Um, something else they called D-double-O-D. D-double. D-double-O-D, like it was dudes. That's the, is it like an accurate? I think so. I'd never seen it before and it was, so they had the sides, they had the full script, they had lookbook yeah. and then in that list they also had, oh, that was designated something days of, days of, so they had the schedule for when you would need it and they called it dudes. Yeah, right. I hate acronyms. I hate acronyms because they're so <laughs> – acronyms are so um, specific to an industry and you mm-hmm. speak to someone and they're, you know, like a police officer or, a, you know, a oh, yeah. you know, nurse or a teacher or whatever it is and they're dropping these different acronyms and I go, I've got no idea what you're talking about. It's just, yeah, you know, it becomes part of their language and they yeah. don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, 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 um, totally. Um but yeah, so that's and that's the producing side, and then obviously you know you're trying to make things work as an actor, and and uh, you know getting some runs on the board, and and trying for together things happening, and it's just it's a. When does um, 
Dark water come out. <laughs> Black water. Dark water. Abyss. The There's green olives. An abyss in there. <laughs> um, Blackwater abyss. Blackwater. Um, so Blackwater is, abyss is the second. It's not, and it's not, it's not a direct sequel, is it? It's not a sequel. It's kind of more like a franchise. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It's probably the best way to to uh, to do that. Their director Andrew Trakey, um, who didn't write this particular one. This was written. Um, by one of the producers, Neil Kingston, his wife uh, was the writer. Oh wow! Um, of this, and they initiated the project, um, and uh, that comes out sometime this year. It just it's just been to Berlin Film Market, um, which which is just finished, and I think they're finishing up selling it to the different territories um, around. So this year, twenty twenty, it comes out. And, oh great! But you've um, seen it, right? I've seen, I've seen, yeah, bits, bits, bits. and pieces, yeah. But um, so there'll be a premiere and and what have you, yeah, which will be great. And this, this is probably, this is you know by far probably the the biggest role in a film, a, and uh, not the biggest role, but the biggest role in a in the biggest production that I've done in terms of that. It's a bigger production and it's a bigger role. I, you know, I've probably done a lot more with in terms of film, either doing a big role in something smaller or a small mm-hmm. role in something bigger. And this has probably yeah. got elements of both for me. Great cast, um, Luke Mitchell, uh, Jessica McNamee, um, Amali Golden and um, uh, Ben, I always, he's Ben Hoaches, I think is how I say his surname, Benjamin Hoaches. Um, great cast. Five of us, we uh, go. Uh, there's the four of them that are friends, and I'm a tour guide, and take them down cave diving into this cave that I found um, while searching for some uh, Japanese tourists that went missing. Um, and I was in the search party because I'm the local, um, and fancy myself as a bit of a sort of a bit of a cowboy mm-hmm. tour guide, hopeless sort of dude. Mm-hmm. And I find this uh, opening to this cave. To um, I'm like, wow. So I tell my mate who's a uh, the character played by Luke Mitchell, and um, so look, we found this this cave. We should check should this check out. It it's going to be awesome. So we go cave diving, and um, when we go down, um, unbeknownst to us, a massive storm breaks out, and there are cave floods. Um, cave floods because it's 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 um, near a river, and um, and unbeknownst to us, there's a croc living in this cave. So it's this cave floods. It's it's you can imagine, you mm-hmm. know, the waters are rising, and you know, there's there's a there's a big old croc there, so we've <laughs> got to try and um, uh, save our lives and get out and and do it. But it's that thing of you know it, it hits a couple of buttons in terms of if you want to turn the screws into characters. You know it's it's confined spaces. Mm-hmm. It's oh yeah, you know, it's yeah. water and it's crocs. You know it's, it's got a it's got a pretty good element of you know Building suspense tension. and and the director Andrew is he he's the master of of creating, you know, tension and and he talks about thrillers. I had some really good chats with him about that is he said action kills suspense and you've got to be really careful with these films and the way he's always done them. He's got a very big lean towards just realism and not overdoing it. And Mm -hmm. if you put too much action in, you're you're relieving that tension that that you're building. building, And and he did one of his – probably most well-known films was called The Reef, which is still, if you actually Google it, it's like one of the top shark films of all time. Shit. Even sits, I think it's in, even with Jaws in the mix, sits in the top five or ten um, done. And um, and again, he did that on a, on a really good budget. Who and, was that in that? That wasn't Blake Lively, not that one. Uh, that was, um, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Damien Walsh Howling was in that one. Um, I'm just trying to think who else. Um but again, Aussie flick, um, and um, 
uh, yeah, amazing one. But you know, he has this this sort of relentless, you know. And I remember when I watched, I you know, I hadn't seen hadn't seen any stuff before doing the Blackwater piece. And then when I got the um, when I got this, obviously you want to go and watch everything mm-hmm. the director's done. And um, so I I was watching Blackwater, and and you know, it was one of those films that I I'd be lifting my legs, <laughs> you know, because out like you know off the ground because yeah. I'm just like oh. Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Yeah, get out. You know, and it, and I was I was fuck. It was terrible. It's great, but terrible that mm. su- suspense that you yeah, get. I find it hard. It's, and it is, and it and just this relent. So when something happens, you know, you're so wound up tight that the scares are great. But if you, but he, we talked about if you go on sort of action sequences and everything like that and you know showing the monster mm-hmm. you know like do you know it's, it's it just kills it you know yeah. so there's a real there's a real mastery to to getting that stuff and he's he's got it he's a he's a fantastic you know director um so that comes out uh sometime this year and yeah i'm real i'm again i'm excited yeah, to do all the i can't wait to all see the that with that one and hopefully hopefully it's well received and you know um it, it's it, it'll be great to because in terms of, of no, things of note, you know, since doing Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, you know, it's uh, it's been small bits, and uh, you know, it'll be great to get another higher profile yep. project out in the in the marketplace, and hopefully be able to get into more rooms and for sure, you know, try and book more work, and because that's what it's all about, you know. What's the conversation like um, between you and your lovely wife about LA, and when something comes down the pipe? You know, as I'm about to become a father, it's certainly a, a conversation that we have. Like, yeah. what do you do? You know, like, what's the com- what's the obviously you go right? We pack up. Well, and- yeah, I mean, and look at, at the moment, you know, and look, things change when you have kids, and, and but I'm a big believer of the things change and then they don't change, and you you do what you do and you mm-hmm. don't stop, and you your kid will get used to whatever life, uh, gypsy life that they're brought into will yeah, just be normal. As long as they loving, communicative, par- communicative parents. That's yeah. all you need. So um, um, we've certainly haven't changed. I mean, you know, we're both, I'm a, also a full-time muser. My wife's a full-time performer. We exactly. It's not like one's an accountant and the other's just no. full-blown creative and they don't get each other. Yeah. So, you know, so obviously we're very poor. <laughs> um, no, but I wanted to say no, this but, to you yeah. because I was thinking about you, the other guy on a side note, how incredible it is that you were able to um, provide and, and run a household as both as creatives. I mean, that's something you, you you have to stop and feel very fortunate. For. We do, and and I I remember years ago I had a, a f- friend, uh, and her husband was an old muso, and he's just she was broke, mm. ass out of his back of his pants, sort of broke, you know. And I just had that thing. I went, I don't want that to be me. That's so a scary thought, man. It, it, you know, so I so very early on, I've in you know I just you know work my ass off during the day and 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 saved money and we bought a you know a property up in the country and we didn't live in it and we renovated it and I would literally do gigs Friday Thursday Friday Saturday and then I and then the rest of the week I'd be up there and learning how to renovate and renovated this turned it from a two bedroom ended up becoming a five bedroom home and Jesus we, you know, we end up cutting the block off and subdividing getting a bit extra money so we, we've kind of done a bunch of stuff to try and yeah, use the little up. money that we've always mm-hmm. that we've earned, and and it has been. It's been you know we've never earned a lot of money, and try to slowly set ourselves up. So you know, property's been the way that we've slowly managed to be able to do that to give us a little bit of, and not that it helps at the moment, but it you know that's hopefully you if if you don't 
get a career that, you know, takes off to the moon that you, you're going to be able to retire and, you know, have mm-hmm. a roof over your heads. Um, so that's, we have been very fortunate with that. And, and, and I also working for myself, uh, and having a whole range of skills, like that's why I do the web and the design and I can build and I, I've done so many, much like yourself, because mm-hmm. people say, gee, you do a lot. I say, yeah, because I'm a muse and, and an I actor and, and, and I need to earn money. <laughs> so that's so that's one element of, of really being able to multi-skill to try and earn money, which can dilute things a bit. I've had other friends that have just, all they can do is what they do and they have sometimes more success because there's no plan B. Mm-hmm. I've got a B, C, D. But if these aren't plans though, they're just facilitators. No, they, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so in terms of that, that's that has been great to be able to do that. Mm. And then in terms of the LA thing going to LA like I, my wife Julie's super supportive um and you know and she's like she's kicking me out the door she said you get out there yeah, you, you go, go across you know I don't care if we haven't got the money we'll work it out you mm-hmm. know so she's you know I mean I've been gone for like two months at a time and she's here single mom while I'm gone mm-hmm. you know we've got a daughter and <laughs> she acts like one no <laughs> <laughs> no but but, yeah, but but like she's she's looking after you know our she, daughter yeah. Lucy and and the routine you know, and, and, and it's, she, you know, she goes, goes with that a lot and, and it's, it's a struggle financially. And then I'm gone for two, two months, you know, and you might not be earning income with that. So it comes down to one income. One income, yeah. you know, and it's an actor's income. Again, it's not a, an accountant or a lawyer's income. Mm. And so you are struggling, but so, you know, I spend, you spend a lot of time and, and that's meant we haven't been done as many family holidays and, and different things because that money's getting chewed up doing this. So you mm-hmm. kind of have that, you feel a bit guilty because you're doing that, but we're trying to, the plan, the loose plan is that we're trying to, to build up to the point that I can either get a, you know, what, what would be the dream is, is um, I mean, the big dream would be landing a, a producing gig, like, you know, getting producing a show that we get up that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So you've got You're covering, both sides yeah. of that, you know, or, you know, if getting a role, in a, you know, in an ongoing series. If it was a film, you know, obviously, you know, that's anywhere from four weeks to six months it's it wouldn't be enough to to shift over so the, you know you just go for that i would just go for that and, and look like when i was shooting black waters only in queensland but you know like i was up there for two months and they came up in the middle for you know about two or three weeks mm-hmm. um and stayed with me so we you know breaks up the time and that's sort of yeah, how, how we do it how you manage it but um the, the ultimate goal you know i would love to I mean, I'd love to shift over there for, you know, to, for at least a few years. And we've never as a family lived anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, we were going to years ago take off and live in France and it sort of never happened. And Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We always wanted to sort of do that. You guys watched Revolutionary Road and went, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that was- And what happened? Just ugh, life, you know, you get, and, and always chasing, you know, we're always chasing down a dream. Have you been there before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayed in, uh, do you say tour, tours? Is it tour? I don't know how you say it in French. Fella? Tours. All oh, right. <laughs> going on, going down to tours, mate. Going on fucking tours. And it's beautiful. Um, it's where uh, Leonardo, um, not DiCaprio, Da Vinci. Vinci. <laughs> yeah, that famous guy, Leonardo DiCaprio. The, <laughs> He's playing in him in a film in the oh, coming wow. years. Yeah, so so says IMDb. Wow. Yeah. I think it's a Martin Scorsese film as well. I'm not Incredible. sure, but isn't that crazy? Of all the, the actors, yeah. the one with the same name. <laughs> the same name the only him. one with the same name. Yeah. Uh, but who better to do it? But, but yeah, so so um, France is great. Yeah, I lived there for four months yeah. when I was seventeen. I was a nanny. Yeah, yeah, it's buddy. It's, it's next. It's incredible. Apparently, you were I, from Flushing's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nanny, exactly, named. exactly, with a terrible <laughs> voice. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> a nanny named Josh. <laughs> uh. 
Um, and so, wait, just, just, yeah, nah, better to redirect that well, kind did, of. Well, yeah, look, whether whether better or not, you know, um, it's it's, uh, you know, and then look, we, we but your acting would be limited out there too. Oh, it would it look would slow at, things down, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, look, when I was younger, you know, I was sure I was going to be a rock star. You know, I was sure I was right. going to make it massive. Well, I didn't think. I knew that I was going to make it massive and, and I, you know, probably spent from I, – I was a fitter and turner uh, working in Holden's Engine Company back in the day and, and I left that to join a band um, and got early release out of my apprenticeship and um, went and did a band and then – worked at Dracula's, which is a cabaret show, met my wife there and and then left there and went back to the band. And and I probably spent, so that's say from 20 to 30, you know, really, you know, in an original band just pushing hard and, uh, you know, geez, that's a, it's a tough road. Was that the um, band that I saw on um, that clip that you put out? Was You were on Burt Newton? Oh yeah, yeah, God, yeah. Was, that, yeah. was that that? That was that band, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that was yeah. so funny because our drummer was so loud, and I remember looking across. <laughs> and he, he's Bert Newton while what we're playing this. He's doing this. Oh God, <laughs> bloody drummer! He'd never drummed. God, it was frustrating. He'd never, he'd never toned down the level of his drums. And then we came back on the show again a second time as an acoustic duo. Um, That's the one I saw. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, but look, it. it so, you know, so I spent that time, you know, and, and I look back now and wish I had have put that energy into, you know, the acting. The, the acting back then. But, I mean, you do what you do and you get where you get because that's the life that you lead. So and how did acting come out then? I worked, started working at Dracula's and and one of the guys there who was in the show, Brett Swain, um, who uh, has done a lot of stuff here on the Australian uh, acting scene in television and he was like, um, dude, you should get a, go and get a headshot and, you know, print it up and send it around to the different casting directors and, you know. See what happens. So that's so what I did. I did that and went around, started getting – my first job was was um, was on Australia's Most Wanted. Oh, get – As a guy attacking a woman. Oh, um, my God, man. That show used to fucking freak me out yeah. as a kid, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, Holy so that was, shit. I remember telling mum, I got this, got my first king. Oh, that's amazing. I'm like a, an attacker, you know. <laughs> and she goes, oh. Yeah, and I raped this chick, yeah. and then uh, it was it was yeah, it was yeah. So it was a horrible, but I mean, you know, I was excited about getting an acting gig, of course. And, but it's just a strange one to get as a as, as the, your first as your gate. first yeah first um, out of uh, you know. But anyway, so yeah, so that's and then I think I think my second gig was Blue Heel as a fairly decent role. And um, had you had uh, any acting training? No, no, nothing. I hadn't wow. didn't have any acting training for. I think I even got. Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. I'd done. I hadn't really done any training. What to that um, son of a bitch um, was sort of yeah, which was stupid and and lazy. And I sort of prided myself on yeah, I'm just you know going on instinct. And then when you actually start learning some stuff, you go, what a dickhead, you know? It's lazy and um, I don't whether no, not probably lazy, like mentally lazy. Well, they've never been a lazy person, but it's it's you start getting the skills and you know what I found when I uh, was doing all these different shows and we get great geez man you got this great you know your own sort of energy and i was like oh cool yeah you know and then when i got on um, miss fisher's murder mysteries and i actually got really nervous because i went well i'm a, a cast member here and i need to kn- know more than i know and i don't right know much what did you do um in term in terms like of like knowing more or you, what, you didn't but well in that so what, what i found on that show first was that i i struggled there was just certain times when when i would get lost 
and I have no tools to right, bring collect. it back. And I can watch plenty of episodes and go, Oof, you know, I'm not Oof, right, right, right. with that. And, um, you know, and now since working and doing a whole bunch of different sort of – and, I, and I, I prefer to – like I like going in for a workshop type scenarios over a few weeks or mm-hmm. something like that and just getting a bunch of knowledge and then, you know, and, I, and it's great having done a lot of stuff now and, and then just you learn stuff and you can instantly apply it and, and I'm coming from – the like Miss Fishers was a great technical thing as well in terms of you know that was a, I think we had we'd have up to three cameras it was a massive set right um, um, you know that you you got a bit fast the way they work and and you've got to direct yourself a lot of the time which is often the case with episodic you know you've got directors mm-hmm. coming in they don't know the character as well as you do so right. it was a great learning ground with that um, except yeah I just think with and and being around great act you know actors and actresses um, like you know Essie Davies I mean she made she can act. Holy cow. She mm. she's incredible. You watch her from one role to the next, man. She's she's an incredible actress. This is know. who was in Ned in, in the she true was history in, of Ned Kelly. True history she of was Ned Kelly. Amazing at yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you see her from that to Miss Fishers and, uh, you know, and she was in Game of Thrones, you know, like she's, and she has had this career, like, I mean, she's very well known now, you know, in the last few years, she's really, you know, but she, I mean, she's worked with everyone and done the most amazing stuff but was just this kind of she'd always look different she was in them i didn't even realize until well a while ago now but she was in like three of the matrix films as well and you know she's done she's worked with everyone and she's just such a chameleon that mm. she sort of just she flew below the radar yeah because she's so good at changing her look and and stuff and just being on set with them and you just and you just look and she was in like every scene of Miss Fisher's for years, so much dialogue, crazy mm-hmm. amount. And she's, you know, learning, rehashing over one scene and she's going, there's obviously they've done all the work, but you've got so much dialogue. You've got to, you know, she's literally doing one scene and then in the break she's starting to get the the next scenes and, you know, working the way she worked. It was incredible watching her tired, early starts, late finishes and just, you know, bang, bang, bang and, and, when you're around that sort of level of professionalism, you're sort of thinking, geez, I could do, I could do a lot more mm-hmm. than what I'm doing than to make doing. myself better. What um, was, what was the moment where you went, Oh, I actually think, and, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I prefer to act than sing. Um, and I won't correct you. Um, because it, you know, I've, I've done singing for, I've been a professional singer. So yeah, so getting paid to sing for 25 years now, um, as a, job mm. so it's good and, and i'm doing covers now so it's 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 there's <sighs> repetition there and it's repetition and there's mm. a bunch of songs that i hate i, I just <laughs> look they're great written songs but if i never ever have to hear them again uh, I, you know it, it's um and then we, we do we play a lot at the casino now here in melbourne and you know there's a lot of retro stuff and and you know it's just it's a lot of the same songs and you just you know i do uh, quite often two shows a night I'll do f- anywhere from f- four to I think the most I've done in a week's about 13 shows in a week I think it was the most it's a lot of gigs you know yeah it's a lot and you're doing the same shit night after night after night after night and people are there you're more of a jukebox than people yes, aren't there to see you they're noise. there to hear the songs that they want to well not even when when you are even because of the big shows there um but you're there to facilitate a song that someone wants to hear they're not there to hear you gotcha, as gotcha. your music yeah, yeah, or okay, sometimes yeah. are which is great so when I go I and do a gig, 
yeah, when when I when I do a gig that people are there to see me, what did you say there? I said I was there to oh, hear thanks, you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Slide straight on yeah. past that. Sorry, but, but when you no, you left earlier. I remember because you weren't interested. But um, <laughs> but but in Pretty terms of that, you know, it, it's it's. Um, when I do gigs, when people are really listening and I'm doing the songs I want, I love it. Um, but then, and then sort of getting involved in, in acting and, and I, I do have that real passion and that I'm trying to think the moment I really loved like getting into it years ago. I loved it. And then I obviously, and then I went through sort of a, a, a phase when I, I was kind of didn't feel like I, then I was going to be able to get more gigs and it just wasn't happening. And as an actor, as an actor right. and, um, and then and I know the, the funny story was with Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries when I had got that audition and I said to my wife, I'm not going to do it. I can't be. And I think I've said this yes, to you have, before. Yeah, yeah. Won't well, get your get your ass down she, there. Yeah, I wasn't going to do the audition. She said, get your ass down there. And I did one audition, half-assed it. Just wasn't in, you know, I wasn't, not that I wasn't interested, just thought, I'm not going to, it's a waste of time. I'm not going to get this gig's mm. big role, ongoing show. And then did one, I just never got a call back and got it. And um, And I guess that was the point when I went, wow, this is, Oh, this is a legit job, like you know, and um, and I really, like I said, that frightened me that time with certain things, and I realised a lot that I needed to learn a lot more. And then um, I went back, um, and and it's funny, we'd finish each season, a lot of the other actors they'd go on to, you know, getting all these other gigs, and I'd go back to sort of the web design business, and you know, and sort mm-hmm. of a bit, bit depressing, you know, like I'm going back, I'm in an office again, and yeah. And it was the it was after the last season, um, and and I joined up with another guy doing the business, and it, look, he's a great guy, but it it, it went it, business didn't work, and we got you know we had debt and a bunch of things. This client tried to sue us, and you know also it was just it was a horrible experience in terms of stress. You know, still got great relationships out of it, and 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 I've always tried to do that. I got into the web game to try and facilitate getting an income so that I could act. And then mm-hmm. 15 years later, you know, when you do it, you realize you're starting to put more time in and it was uh, this terrible time. And, and it was like, uh, um, and there was, there was a point where there was, there was one day and I got an audition for something and I said, can't do it. I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. And then I knocked it back. And then it was the next time I went, you just knock back the thing that you're doing to do the th- thing, thing that you really want to do. Really want to do. Cause you're trying to earn money with this thing that you don't like to, you're the thing not they wanted enough to. money from the other thing, and and so and I went fuck, you know, and that was a bit of an eye opener. And then I got this this role um, uh, with with a director Simon Trevorrow, and it was a VCA graduate project, and it was about a uh, a gay guy that was um, terminally ill, and he was going back to basically right or wrong with his ex lover, and 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 try and make a difference because he knew that he didn't have long to live, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, you know, it's a great, it's a beautiful little story. And I took this role on and, and during this time when I was working this business, I actually got uh, got quite sick from stress and went through all this stuff and thought, you know, I thought I had bloody, I, I had to end you know, up getting brain scans and stuff because I had some Jesus. issues that were really going wrong with the body and stuff and it turned out totally clear just and stress. it's just amazing what stress can do. Fuck yeah. And But this character was going through obviously all the MRI scans, which, you know, that I'd done. And, and so it was this real at the time it was different but kind of the same and mm-hmm. I had all these worries of these different things and I, and I did this this short film and I just went, this is what I want to do. Yeah, this right. is what There's I want to do. Yeah. And that was the – and I finished that gig and went back and said, I'm out, dude. What do I owe? Yeah, see I'm, you later. 
I'm, I'm done. I wasn't doing music or anything at the time like that. And we, you know, it was all amicable, but it was pretty tough. It was tough on him too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we sort of, we wrapped that business cause we had offices and staff and like, it was, you know, big money going out every week and, and, um, and funny and I, I finished left and, um, I think it was the next day my mate that I used to play with in the band, he said, he said, oh, look, dude, I know this is left to centre, but look, the other guy's just left. I've got like four gigs a week. I'm just hoping, are you, would you be available? And I went, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I decided from then, I said, I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm a creative. That's how I'm going to earn my money from, from now on. And I'm going to pursue my acting again and I'm going to try and make this happen. And then, and again, this was only, so when all that sort of happened was 2000 and, uh, 15, 16, I think when we made that decision. And then in the last couple of years is, is when all this different change of directions happen. And I, you know, You're I can't believe, out. I can't believe the amount of changes that have happened and the things that I'm doing now that I would have not have thought that I would have access to that sort of. Yeah. Or they would have just overseas and slipped straight by and you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have seen them. I used to hear people talking about America and catching up with friends over in America and they're all auditioning and acting and doing these things over there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's just beyond my grasp to do. And yeah, then when all you of said sudden, that earlier, I was like, what? No I just, way. you know, look, you just, well, but you, you have the, I just didn't know how to do it and get a, you know, trying to get a visa over there and all these sort of different things. And, and then all of a sudden you, 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 you know, you're sitting in these rooms in this last trip, you know, to come back around to that, I'm sitting in these massive rooms, pitching ideas and, and, you know, and, and speaking with directors now and people that I would have been trying to speak to before. And now I'm actually friends with them and I'm working mm-hmm. with them on these different capacities and quite a lot of the different directors I meet and work with and they end up finding out about my skill set, you know, on these things. So I end up in sort of that creating, helping them create their next projects and stuff. So it, it's, it's been a real great come back to, you know, so I went off and I learned all these different skills that have, have now come back into the film industry and are, are really useful, this bizarre broad range of they skills. They sure are. They really, really are. And you it feels can... like that's been the path. You know, I've still got so much more I want to do. I want to get that financial, you know, freedom in the sense of I want to be able to, I am earning my money off what the songs I love. That you hate anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I w- I'd like to be earning that off, you know, in the producing and, and acting world, yeah. um, and and you know, and know that I've got an income coming in and that's mm. sustaining us, and have some experiences and and do that. That's you know, moving into the future. That's hopefully where things will go. You know. Yeah, I just, I, I heard, fuck, I cannot remember his name, but comedian um or comedic actor said it once and i'm sure i'd heard it before but it was hearing him say it that really struck home with me um it's it's a marathon it's not a sprint he's like you the thing that 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 separates the ones that make it is they just don't stop you don't really just don't stop you know and and i know that there's a bit of sweetness to that too because you know maybe you had to hustle for 20 years and and you don't make it till you're 60 and, and all those great roles <laughs> yeah. that you, that made you want to be an actor in the first place have, have passed you by. But, but everything becomes relative too. you know, I tackle with that a lot where I think, Oh fuck, I didn't start till I'm 33. And let's be honest, it's going to be my mid forties unless something miraculous happens before I'm even close to being established. I think maybe that's the wrong well, way. They say 10,000 hours. Yeah. You know. I mean, mm. but this listening to, um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and um, William Esper 
I'm listening to a book of his at the moment. Bob said it takes 20 years to make an actor, like a great actor. It takes mm. 20 years. I'm like, fuck, I'm in my 50s at that point. But anyways, you know. I mean, that- I mean you're only, I mean, geez, I'm nudging closer to 50 every year now and, and um, you know, even though I look, you know, 20, 22. Way young. Um, yeah, eighteen. I, th- I think eighteen's past me, but definitely like twenty-two, twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you you I don't uh, you I don't have to f- let go. I don't feel that. like you know I'm. I would have looked at a fifty-year-old and said, "Oh, that's over the, you know over the hill." But when I hit fifty, when I know, you get close and to now, it. you know, um, um, even though I'm in my thirties. Now, You're 18. 18, Sorry, I just jumped up a bit. <laughs> you just um, gave yourself a twelve-year boost. Um, <laughs> That you, you, I still feel like I'm 20, so I'm still yeah. living. So, you know, when you hit the 50 mark, it's still, you know, that's you're doing what you're doing and, you know. Well, that's why I think it's so fucking critical for anyone who's, well, like, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I think you're in the same boat. You're ahead of me, but we're still, is that you make sure to the best of your ability that you are physically and mentally ready to go for anything so you can play anything like, yeah. So that I don't get to my late 40s and have, a, you know, a fucked up knee, busted elbows and I can't, you big, know. I'm big only, gut. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm playing all these these fucking rounded dad roles and, and what have you where I can still like pull a Liam Neeson in, in my if 50s. You, totally. If I look after myself within that. Absolutely. And, and you, look, know. you need to have the even the, the body thing being fit. Like funny with Blackwater, I'd spent the three, six months before that, Training. We had been exercising and, and, and really training, and then by the time I got to, not that you can tell in that film, because I got so much stuff on anyway, but it could have easily been. You were in the best shape you'd been in ages, right? In, I remember ten, seeing your ten, progress ten, ten shots, years. yeah, with those rings that I gave you. That's right. That's right. Um, thank you. Yeah, but so it was, and I was, fit, and I was fit to the point. And then when I knew I got that, I literally for like, um, I think I had only had two weeks with that one before up. we start shooting. I just, the, I just tweaked the diet like full on and, and, you know, was running every morning to burn extra bits of fat and then get, you know, gymming and every day. And then in two weeks, because I had that base, I just went <laughs> and, and it, and it was great, you know, and uh, had I needed to have been, um, you know, just t-shirt or shirt off, like it would have, you and know, it would have felt better. It would have felt heaps yeah. better. And, you know, and then of course I, injured my shoulder on that actual project um and um probably because you went too hard in the lead up <laughs> no <laughs> nothing in the tank no. yeah no no but it, it, it was and then i've you know i sort of torn the rotator cuff a little bit yeah and, um and then that's totally so like i've i haven't been able to do you know can't do any biceps any any push-ups any the ring pulls anything like that fucked. and and the shoulder and then and then of course you lose of course you can still run do sit-ups and all that but lose that. it's not as much fun and then you fall off your diet and then all of a sudden you go wow you know because I'm not a big guy anyway, but I thinned out up top and then you get it, you know, and you fill out a bit down the bottom and all of a sudden you go from this to, to this, yeah. the old pear shape, um, skinny fat bloke. Um, and, and not, you know, I mean, not I saying, saying. Fat, but in terms of a camera and in terms of, you know, and if I, I like to do the sort of bad guy roles and stuff and look, any, it's not about, you know, you, that's not about getting the gig is being fit. But if, if you are for me, if I'm going, well, if I am doing a bad guy, I want to feel like, you know, I can fuck people I can up. I be intimidating. You know, and yeah. I can, you know, just knowing that, um, uh, knowing that sort of vibe. So, you know, you that's part of your toolkit is is your body, is your mm. instrument. You, you need to, uh, in this industry, you need to stay on top of it. And one, because it's mentally clear and and it's visually 
you know. Yeah, I just think you want to be empowered to to be able to take on anything at any point, you know. And when, when that when that casting call comes through for rugged fit action fella or or rug whatever um, military or something like that, you want to be a part of that conversation. Like, yeah, yeah, he's an older dude and he's fit as fuck. Yeah, let's let's have a chat to him. We need an old guy who's fit and they're few and far between. Yeah, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, what's the guy off? Um- What's that? What's that um, horror little uh, horror suspense film where they, they break into the house? Um, Don't scream, I think it's called. And he's a blind guy, um, and it's the dude. Because oh, I'm terrible with names. He's the guy off. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to remember the film is off. What's the film where they're <laughs> all the blue people, not the Smurfs? Um, the James Cameron. Um, oh, Avatar. Avatar. Oh, the, the, he the, was the, the old fella. He was the old in, fella. Yeah, he's jacked. He's jacked and yeah. he's in this and he plays a blind guy, this ex-military dude, and they come break into his house. He's also in Public Enemies. He plays the guy who yeah, shoots right. Dillinger at the end. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, just in, spoiler alert. Um, uh, it's it's public so, knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, in this same thing, he just like he, – he, and he kind of – because he's got the shirt on, you can't sort of tell. He's just this sort of older dude and then – and then, you know, as you see, he goes off and he's got the singlet on, man, and this he's fully jacked and he's totally. blind in this thing and, and and it's totally believable. And if he had of, you know, not had that physicality, it'd just be, it'd be crap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't have got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, I mean, Harrison Ford is one, is one of those guys who's just looked after himself yeah. so well. And you see him in Blade Runner, the, the, the most recent one, and- you know, like he's holding the pistol and his fucking arms his are ripped yeah. as, and you're like, I believe him totally. And, to- and you know? Hugh, Hugh Jackman, I just he posted up one recently, um, that just to look back at, you know, saying thank you for um, Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine, what's what was the last one? Logan, Logan. Um, and it was the last one, and he, and he must be he's over fifty in that one, surely. I think he just cracked the back Correct. of fifty. So yeah, the, and he and he's and he's it was the one where he's I think he's coming out of the water. Holy crap, man! Oh no, that's uh, Wolverine. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry, no, 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 it was definitely Logan, but he, it was the same sort of pose. And I'm just right. and the shot, like just the yeah, you know, I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, and man, he backed off Whoa. for that film too. Wow, because he's supposed to be dying. That's right. Yeah. So Still, man. He said, say, incredible like, physique. I mean, yeah, in an interview, he was like, this was one of the things that was really great about this is I didn't have to go as hard and I didn't have to do any cutting. It was just sort of just, just maintain that bulk yeah. but but not be shredded. Yeah. But, that, uh, but you mean, look that, at him now, he's, he, you know, he, he's been on the stage and dancing and that. And he's, oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's different, yeah. They shrink a lot, yeah. yeah well, that was the point, like even with Black Water, you know, like I remember because I'd be standing next to Luke. Mitchell all the time, you know, with different things. My wife would be, oh, look, you look tiny compared to him. I'm just like, Thanks, babe. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's, a, he's a machine and then there's a little, right, uh, he's, right. yeah, he's super fit, keeps, looks after himself. Right. And I think he's, he'd have to be 6'3", I think, and, you know, and, yeah, I mean, and it's that same thing. He, man, he looks after himself because that's the roles he plays is that, you know. Was it you who said it to me the other day? I can't remember. I, I sent someone a link for um, Coach Summer. Right. The gym, gymnastics coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was it you who said to me that the, the, the guy said um, that there's no secret, there's no diet plan, there's no special training regime. The, 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 the basis of it is discipline. Oh, I do the work. Just Discipline. That is how you don't get, get all of the things don't that get you mo- want. Yeah, it was exactly that. He was talking about the the, Olymp- uh, the Olympic um, athletes and stuff. 
Mm. They don't. It's not motivation. It's not inspiration. They do the work. They yeah. so, so they're not always motivated. They're not looking for inspiration to do it. They will they every day do, do the work, which therefore actually what you realise is that actually gives you the motiva- motivation and insp- or inspiration is a better word because inspiration is internal, motivation is an outside yeah, factor that's force. forcing you forward. And, and, and it is that thing of just do the work, be disciplined, that's what you do. And, and like in terms of the fitness side of things, not that this is a fitness podcast, it's, it's that thing. I remember he also said that people would say to him, you know, how long is it going to take me, you know, to get to, you know, this, this and this. And he goes, the rest of your life. Yeah, That's what it is. It's a this, lifestyle. This is the rest of your life. Don't mm. look at, you know, and it's funny often with people with weight and even though I want to lose 10 kilos. Well, they do. They get, they lose that 10 kilos. They, they hit stop. that. They stop. Then they're back with it on again. It's It's yeah. got to be. And look, we all fall off on and off, but it's about making these decisions which are, Lifestyle in your cells yeah. to, to, to make wholesale changes that, yeah. that are manageable and ongoing and that will actually, if you do them, will give you the inspiration to continue to do them mm. because you'll see the results, you know, both physically and mentally um, and everything that spiritually that that provides to, to have, have a, you know, a, a body that's working as it should be. Totally. I was going to check the time real quick. I friend. reckon we're probably at about four hours now. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, uh, very quickly, I watched something yesterday. Guys got a podcast, not a podcast, a, a YouTube channel called Athlene X or something like that. I forget what his name is. But he said, yeah, everyone's chasing numbers. They're, they're training by the numbers. I've got to get 200 pounds. I've got to get 210 pounds. I've got to lose three pounds. Got... Just like you said, it's the rest of your life. Yeah. Just like acting, just like anything creative. It's the rest of your life. Thank you, buddy, man. It was really good to see you, obviously. Thank you. Always. Yeah. And thanks for coming down. Great. Great to chat. Yeah. Great to chat. Always great to chat. So, um, yeah, make sure you look out for Blackwater Abyss coming out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, th- that one um, very quickly, Hunter's Moon um, with Thomas Jane. Uh, it comes out this year as well. That's an American film. And uh, what's the other one? So Miss Fishes is out in the cinemas now. If you blink, you'll, you'll miss oh, yeah, me. My that mother-in-law one, was very taken with her. <laughs> but oh, please do favorite characters. <laughs> please do support that. Um, obviously, they went and saw it on the weekend. Oh, they did. Great. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, it's a, it's a fun romp. If you love the show, you'll love love the film. But if if they do well in the box office, they're going to make another one, and and that's when they you know we're going to the second round, which will be a lot more of you know, all the characters, you know, coming back into that one. So hopefully that does well. There's one other film that I can't even think. Blackwater, Miss Fishers. Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Thank you. That's yep, comes which out, is out now. A, that's out now. Coming out in America in March. If you, if anyone overseas awesome. is watching that, and um, yeah, and if you've got a big production, you need a skinny, slightly unfit dude with long hair and a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're right here. Well, no, no, you're fit, man. <laughs> I said, I said, unfit, skinny. Um, but um, yeah, no. Oh yeah. Well, I actually have a. I can throw down a plug as well. The um, the last screening of Stringy Bark is oh, on yes. the twenty second of March at the Thornbury Picture House, and the and the the team who composed the music will be playing in the cinema to the film. Oh, fantastic! So that's a really good one. Well, great. No, I'm going to be here, so I'm going to come along and see it this time. Oh, yay! yay. <laughs> well, hopefully, my well, my mum will be here on Monday. So um, good day, mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> She's driving across the Nullarbor on her own. She's 69. Fucking unreal. Um, I'd love to take her along to that. Actually, she's never really seen much of the old acting stuff. So. Right. And I'll have a little bub to take with me as well. Oh, yeah, man. Well, so next, yeah. Next time I see you, I'll have a baby. Be, yeah, that's crazy. How, when, when's the 
So next Friday, holy cow, is the due date? I think, or yep. next Saturday, something like that, fourteenth. Yeah, but um, great times, man. We're there great. all this talk of because we're in our 39th year that they want to induce, but we're going to push back against that pretty yep. hard. Anyways, another conversation. Yeah, yeah. it's all. Uh, yeah, thanks, all buddy. Right, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries. Cheers.